Some losses really sting more than others, and this is going to be one of those for Utah, unfortunately, as they're not going to be able to three-peat as Pac-12 champs officially. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you may get your podcasts. If this is your first time listening to our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. It's been a, a great season overall for our channel so far. Can't thank you guys enough who already have liked and subscribed and leave comments. We love interacting with you guys in the comment section. So thank you for all you who support our show. My name is JT Wistersilv, former intern inside the University of Utah. And on today's show, we're diving all into Utah's loss to Washington, which, as I said, unfortunately, at the top of the show, does end their chances to three-peat as Pac-12 champs. And just a really, uh, first of all, a really fun and crazy game overall. Yeah, obviously, the ending is what leads to the disappointment and just the uh, frustrations in some ways, too, because this is another one of those games, I will say, like, you just feel like, man, if Cam Rising was out there, if Brant Keithy was out there, or if um makai bernard maybe even although i feel like sioni baki's done a good job there but still makai you know pass protecting back and still some of the plays he makes too it's just like oh if you if utah was fully healthy does does that change the outcome of this one too maybe but either way give washington a ton of credit they hung in they made some plays and i mean if we're being honest too washington should have won by more <laughs> when you have a, a defensive end who drops a pick six at the one yard line <laughs> like how about mokafisi by the way credit him for staying with it and recognizing. You could see there were two other Washington players uh, trailing the player who had the pick six, so I'm blanking on his name right now, unfortunately. And they went in the end zone and started to celebrate him. And you could see Mokafisi, you can't see his eyes, but you could just see his like whole body light up when he drops the ball. Like, oh my gosh, he did drop before. Like, just that chance of him running and having this the wherewithal to recognize and understand the situation and go on and jump on that ball. Now, unfortunately, the very next play, you give up a safety. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just that was just the kind of crazy game. You get Connor O'Toole blocking a field goal, which whenever you make a play like that in that moment, doesn't it feel like the game's gonna go your way? That's like a few weeks ago or almost a month ago now, I think it is, like the Denver Broncos completed a Hail Mary against someone. I think some of you guys might remember this. And they needed to, the two-point conversion to like force overtime. They completed the 50-yard Hail Mary on the final play of the game. And then they don't get the two-point conversion. That's like Utah. You know, you block the field goal, but then you're unable to drive down the field to score. You're like, ah, it's just such a, a missed opportunity You when you squander something so unlikely to happen. So uh, just a tough one there. But for Utah, I really think the penalties is what hurt them. And while the penalties actually did come out similar, you know, Washington 8 for 97, Utah 11 for 100. I think the difference you see in some of those penalties is Utah operating with a Bryson Barnes and just this offense that is not as explosive as Washington's offense. Although, if you guys thought Devon Vele would be the leading receiver in this game, a uh, gold star to you because that was uh, that was fun to watch him go and ball out. And what a performance. And that's something we've been talking about all year on the show was I've never felt like, oh, Devon's play had dipped. I just felt like Utah was, wasn't doing a good job finding him, whether – and that's on Andy Ludwig. That's also been on Bryson Barnes or Nate Johnson when he's been in there. I think 
Devon's been capable of what he's been doing these last few weeks, all seasons. I don't think it's like, oh, Washington's second secondary is so bad. It's like, no, I just, I don't think Utah was doing a good job finding and, and utilizing their number one receiver. And they have a good number one receiver in Bailey. So I was glad to see him get going here though. Made a number of big plays, such a good route runner, you know, just that big catch radius allows him to make those plays and does a great job tracking the ball into. So, so happy to see Vele find so much success in this game. And Bryson made so many really good plays. Now the interception was unfortunate as he threw it uh, behind his intended target, the tight end there, who was not Landon King. I'm trying to, it was the 88. I just blanked on uh, his name as well. Maybe that was Noah, Noah Benny. You guys can correct me in the comments, but uh, yeah, that was not a great throw by Bryson and mistakes really hurt Utah in the second half too. But uh, going back to the penalties aspect, just, you know, when Utah's in first and 20 versus when Washington's in first and 20, it's just the Huskies have a better odds and they're just more likely to be able to overcome that down and distance. They have, oh, dude, they have so many receivers. How about the catch their one tight end made on the critical fourth down? Washington made plays in the second half that Utah simply didn't. And they're a better team. So you got to give them credit for that as well. They are a better team than Utah right now. Now, Utah gave them a great shot. They played them close. And this is where, you know, in the second half, Utah defensively, you, you didn't allow money. You didn't allow, you only allowed one touchdown. Excuse me. You only allowed one touchdown, but you just allowed them to stay on the field for so much time and milk so much clock. Utah offense didn't get a, a ton of opportunities there as well. And, and also, Utah offensively just couldn't maintain and sustain those drives too. So. Yeah, Penix made a number of nice throws. Not his greatest game. I think it was definitely in the rain, and he missed a, a couple as well, but does a good job. On a couple of the plays, like the Washington receivers are better than the Utah defensive backs. I We knew that going in, but I thought – I did think the Utah defensive backs would play a little better. I was just expecting a couple of, like – Tough pass breakups on the outside by Zamaya Vaughn, JT Broughton, Teo Johnson, Miles Battle. All of them got beaten critical situations. Now, I would also like to say, because of how aggressively Utah was blitzing sometimes, I do not think those guys were always put in a position to succeed with no safety help over the top of wide receivers like Odunes, who are going to be first-round picks this, this coming year. Like That's where, to me, you're not putting those guys in a position to succeed. But they also... Even when they did have safety help at time or other things, they did get beat and were unable to make plays. And, you know, sometimes you're in a good position. Like Teo Johnson on the one where Zamaya Vaughn probably should have been called for off uh, pass interference, didn't get called. The very next play, they find Odunes in the they in the right corner. Teo Johnson was on him. Teo's in position to make that play. He just loses track of the ball, slows down, and Odunes is able to reel it in. And credit Penix, it's a great throw. It's not a coincidence that Utah has been gashed by Washington and Oregon. Two guys who are going to be involved in the Heisman Trophy presentation, more than likely two of the best passing offenses in the country. So yeah, the Utah defensive backs, they didn't play great, but I, by no means I'm like, oh, the Utah defensive backs are fraudulent. It's like, no, they pretty much only gotten beaten by the best of the best. And even in this game, once again, Utah only allowed 11 second half points with one of those being the, uh, the safety, obviously. So only give up nine should have been 10, but they went for two. And that was actually a good play design. Odunes just threw it behind the, the receiver there. That's that's a win for in my book for Utah, for Utah defensively in the second half. But then the Utah defense really struggled in the first half, making those plays on those talented Huskies receivers too. And give Washington credit. They left so, some extra guys in the block, but also their offensive line just did a really good job. There was a little bit of interior push by Utah defensive tackles, but not much. And, you know, Joan Ellis did win sometimes, but give Washington credit. They have NFL caliber offensive linemen, and they they executed. You didn't hear uh, much from Van Fillinger and Connor O'Toole in this game. And even when, like, they almost got home or did get home, Penix would do a good job evading the pressure, or there would already be guys open downfield. And it's hard to play. There's no such thing as perfect coverage, right? Like, guys are, are going to get open. It's on the quarterback to find and see them. And Utah still gave up, you know, still forced some throwaways, still got pressure at various points. But Washington, like I said, just able to make a few more of those plays. You know, Penix 
came up big in the second half with a couple of big time throws. Once not an outstanding day for him, but when like third and long, you got to keep the drive going. Penix was able to do that time and time again. Also a couple of nice runs by Washington in this one. So give them credit for that too. And, you know, it, I was surprised that Washington rushed for 125 yards. I didn't expect them to do that, but give their rushing attack some credit. I also thought there was just some poor timing sometimes. Uh, we'll do the tape breakdown tomorrow, but, you know, Utah would blitz at times would blitz away from where the run was going, and that's what led to a lot of those longer uh, those longer runs going off too. So, yeah, this was a good performance by Utah overall. Just unfortunate not to see, you know, defense doesn't play well in the first half. Offense doesn't play well in the second half. And, you know, even the de- it wasn't the greatest day for the defense, as I said, anyways, because they, they couldn't get off the field in the second half really either. But, yeah, I still had a chance to win it in at the very end. And uh, I want to talk about that last drive and all the second half stuff with Utah in one moment. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of today's episode in our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. We are the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning 25 times my money this football season. And now I can play during basketball season too. You just select two or more players and pick more or less on their projected stats. For example, with the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball for a special leagues. It'll be created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports for a league. For example, you can do LeBron James plus Joe Burrow at 10.5 for three-pointers made and Joe Burrow for touchdown passes. Also, do you think Zach Wilson's going to have a good game against the Raiders tonight? All of that is available on Prize Picks, and they have quick withdrawals, and their easy gameplay and enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports platform. So you can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. That's all caps, no spaces, locked on, or excuse me, that's no caps, no spaces. Sorry about that. Uh, locked on college and use the code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Once again, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use that code locked on college, no spaces, lowercase for a first deposit match up to $100. All right. Talk about Utah in the second half. Uh, Utah had the lead at halftime. Um, things were going well for Utah. Felt like this could potentially be that top five upset. I think they mentioned on the broadcast, right? Utah's never upset a, a top five team on the road. And they were close, but just couldn't make those plays in the second half. I think the number one thing I look at in the second half is the drive killers that Utah suffered. And just mistakes in general. I mean, even the very first, I think it was the very first play of the second half, Sione Vaki just like slips. And it wouldn't have been a crazy run, but I think he might have gotten five out of it. It was a good design by Andy Ludwig there too, but yeah, just lack of execution and penalties from Utah really plaguing them. Spencer Fano had a couple of penalties in the second half. And unfortunately the safety was on him. If you just, if you watch it back, you can see he's the, he's laid off the snap. Everyone's blocking down. The DN goes right past his, or it might've been the D tackle there. I'm trying to remember now, but anyway, the defensive lineman goes right past his face. That one, that one's on Spencer. And yeah. And then you saw Tongai come in, uh, a little later as well. The left tackle in general just didn't play great for Utah in this game. And even the left side of the offensive line, that was been an issue for Utah all season. I thought Keaton played well overall, but I do think there was one time on a blitz or maybe even just, it was like a three man rush. And he now Coley moves over to the right. So there's an open gap kind of there, but still Keaton isn't able to execute his assignment. And uh Tongai failed to pick up a twist. We've been talking about that all season long when he was in that left tackle. Even Satawa got beat late in the game, too. So Utah offensive line, they gave Bryson some time. They did some really good things in the game. How about the blocking on the Sione Vaki screen? Which, Sione Vaki, I mean, <laughs> how many players in college football could score on that screen? That was just unreal. He, he's such an electric player. But, 
it, it's just one of those things where, like I said, missed opportunities, mixed execution, the penalties. Most of the penalties I thought were fair throughout the game. I did not like the pass interference on Zamaya Vaughn, which it was pass interference, but it was an uncatchable ball. And you could see the official who threw the flag wasn't even watching the ball. She was just watching for those two fighting at it. And I, I think that's her job just to watch them. But that's where I would like the other officials to come together and say like, hey, uh, I know you threw it and it might have been, but that's an uncatchable ball. So it doesn't matter. That's what I would have liked to see happen there. That was in the first half. The offensive pass interference on Mickey Sugaturaga was a joke. I mean, what is that? That was terrible. He barely made contact with him. And I thought as Brock Heward and Benetti, which do a great job every time, and I've, I've highlighted their work before, but I think they're exceptional. And I just appreciate as a fan of, of Utah and Pac-12 football, how much they love calling Utah games and Pac-12 football games. They called the Pac-12 championship game last year and have done a couple of Utah's games now. I think they did the USC one too. So they know, you know, when you get Utah, you're in for a thrilling game, um, ex except for the Oregon game, of course. <laughs> but anyways, so with Utah and that, and that just situation is Mickey there. There was just not a lot of contact there. Like for how much we've seen receivers fighting and battling, like for that to be the offensive pass interference, I thought that was, that was really poor and shout out to Mickey as well. Getting his first touchdown in the game. That was uh that was fun to see for Utah, but yeah, really those penalties and drive killers just plagued Utah and, Look, this is a Utah offense that without Cam Rising still has its limitations. They did some nice things. I thought Andy Ludwig called a really good game. But, like, let's look at the final drive. The very first play, Mikey Matthews is open on a crosser, and it would have been an easy first down. Bryson over throws it too high. So you get the miss there. Then you get on second down. Bryson flushed out of the pocket a little bit. I would have liked for him to run it himself. He tries to throw it to Jaquindon Jackson, who Jaquindon starts to drift. Jaquindon should have stayed in the spot. It's not a huge deal because it only would have been a two-yard gain. So that's where I'm like, ah, Bryson, I would have rather had you tuck and run that one there. But once again, it's kind of that's nitpicking a little bit. But also, like, if you want to win on the road against Washington, you have to be able to make these plays. The third down, I think Bryson was just worried about getting sacked. I, I did not like the decision to check it down to Jaquindon Jackson so quickly there. And Jaquindon, just the Huskies did a great job closing in on him quickly. So he really couldn't get anything out of that one. And then fourth down, there was some pressure that was broken in, but – just in general, you know, nothing was nothing was really there for Bryson on that one. So just missed opportunities, as I mentioned throughout the game, whether it was the penalties, you know, giving up the safety there and the defense not being able to get off the field. It was something I discussed in the first segment, but all the times that Washington was able to convert on, you know, third or fourth and short and I mean, maybe not a ton on third and fourth and short, but a few times they were able to do that. And, you know, even just looking out throughout the second half, the long pass plays, Utah continued to give up to blitz is not always able to get home, give them credit for how they protected Penix. I thought they did a very good job in that regard. And just one more Kyle Whittingham's team just came up short. So close The blocked field goal. We mentioned the, <laughs> the dropped pick six had a potential to be a big turning point too, but yeah, just it's just unfortunate that this, as we mentioned, kind of seals the deal. Like Utah will not be able to three peat as Pac-12 champs. I think we'll look back on this as a season of what ifs more than anything else. Like, what if Cam Rising stayed healthy? What if Brant Keithy was able to come back? All those kind of things. Because just having another guy like Brant Keithy really helps throughout the season too. So, just disappointing. But uh, I think the other thing we did learn throughout this season that I do want to mention here, and we'll break down all this, of course, throughout the week on Locked On Utes. But this is the type of season that shows you how good of a program Utah truly is. Like, yes, they won back-to-back -back Pac-12 champs, but their depth had never been tested like it has this season, and they passed with flying colors and even more. I do believe this is a top-20 team. Their losses are to a top-15 team in Oregon State, and 
what very well might be two of the five best teams in college football. And I know Oregon State's right on the cusp of that right now, but either way, I think them are two top six teams for sure, which is how the rankings go. And I think that's where Oregon deserves to be as well, who the Ducks continue to take care of business. They, they beat the Trojans yesterday. So, yeah, just a tough loss for Utah, but they fight so hard. Kyle Whittingham, Morgan Scali, Andy Ludwig thought they came with a great game plan overall. A couple of tough calls. Most of them I thought were fair, though. But Utah, lack of execution defensively, you know, not able to win more on the outside against those I, I should defensive backs winning more because, you know, usually a receiver winning more means them creating separation on their route. I'm talking about the Utah defensive backs not able to get more pass breakups. Utah not able to affect Penix as much as they hoped. Getting gashed on the ground a couple of big Big times, not consistently, but a couple of those long runs they let up hurt them too. And while they bended but didn't break, it just left not enough time. And then the offensive execution, several players, as we mentioned, just not able to bring in a catch, blocking, protection not being there. Bryson Barnes making mistake. That just that's the recipe. You need to be play a little better if you want to be Washington on the road. And that's what we saw the final drive for Utah. The execution wasn't there. They would have had a chance to force overtime. And even an overtime win against Washington, of course, would have been difficult. And I'm curious if Utah would have gone for two had they been in that uh, that situation, too. That's something that uh, that would have been interesting to monitor. But, yeah, Utah falls to the Huskies, 35-28. to 28. That's going to do it for today's edition of Lockdown News. But tomorrow and throughout the entire week, we're going to continue to break down the Washington game. Also, preview you guys and get you ready for the game in Arizona, which Arizona is going to be higher ranked in that game than Utah, barring some crazy thing by the committee. But. That's which we didn't think that would be the case coming into the season, but we talked about how there was a sleeper chance of that being an upset. So it's going to be a fun one to break down. We'll see how Utah does against Arizona, and we'll continue to learn from the Washington game just like the Utah football team will. But we appreciate you joining us on this Sunday, and we'll see you tomorrow on Locked On Utes.